back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your life spiritually, and thank you for listening to the podcast. I realize the variability with a podcast, how you can listen while you're cutting the grass or laying on a beach or working, and I think that's a great thing. That's one of the reasons I believe that I've endeavored to start the podcast is because I see the benefit of being able to reach people's lives while they're interacting in their normal life. You don't have to necessarily be at a point where all you can do is focus on the thing you're focusing on, especially if it's a meaningless task. For instance, just cutting the grass, I can pop my earbuds in and gain some spiritual insight into the Word of God while I'm doing a task that doesn't require my full attention. So I want you to know that wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I really appreciate you listening. I also want to say thank you to all those who are listening overseas, and um, I'm extremely humbled when I think about that, and just right off the top of my head, um, you know, we've got people listening in Canada and Germany and the UK and Australia and Fiji and Zambia. And then just this week, we picked up the Isle of Man. And um, I understand that I'm probably not saying some of those names correctly, but I do want you to know that I appreciate you listening. And I'm excited about the fact that maybe I'm adding some insight and some benefit to your life spiritually in the day and age we live in. I also realize that we might not never meet face to face, but uh, I look forward to that day on the sunny banks of deliverance when we can shake hands and hug necks for the first time. So um, I want you to know I appreciate you, though. It's, it's extremely humbling to my heart to know that there's people listening around the world, and um, I thank you for that. And I've said and um enough times now. Let's get into the podcast for today. It's going to be on death. It's going to be on death. I just want to deal with the subject of death, realizing that every man, woman, boy, or girl is at some point in their life going to end their life by having a head-on collision with death. And I want to start our reading today in the book of Genesis, chapter number 5, in verse number 3. The book of Genesis, chapter number 5, in verse number 3. And Adam lived an hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he begat Seth were 800 years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Verse 6, And Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos. And Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. And Enos lived 90 years and begat Cana. And Enos lived after he begat Cana 815 years and begat sons and daughters. All the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. And Canaan lived... Seventy years and begat Mahalalel. And Cana lived after he begat Mahalalel eight hundred and forty years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Cana were nine hundred and ten years, and he died. 
And Mahalalel lived 60 and five years and begat Jared. And Mahalalel lived after he begat Jared 830 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Mahalalel were 890 and five years, and he died. And Jared lived 160 and two years and begat Enoch. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 960 and two years, and he died. And Enoch lived 60 and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And Methuselah lived 180 and seven years and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 780 and two years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were 960 and nine years, and he died. And Lamech lived 180 and two years and begat a son, and he called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. And Lamech lived after he begat Noah 590 and five years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were 770 and seven years, and he died. You'll notice these men had lengthy lives, but all of them, all of them except for Enoch ended in the same fashion, and he died. And that's how all of us are going to end one day, and he died, and she died, and they died. And no matter how long your life is, no matter how many, and I'm not against exercising, but no matter how many miles you put on a bicycle trying to extend your life, you can extend the quality of life, but the quantity of life is going to come to an end at some point in time, and you're going to die, and I'm going to die. And the only thing that's going to matter in that day is whether or not our relationship with Jesus Christ is right, whether or not there's ever been a time that we've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into our heart and life, and ask him to forgive us of our sins, repented of our sins, and turn to him by faith through grace and accepted his free pardon of gift, gift of eternal life when he died on the cross. But it's going to end in death. It's an unfortunate circumstance that we're put in, and death is a result of sin. I'm not going to go into that. You can go back and listen to the podcast on sin. But death is a result of sin, and sin is a result of death. And so what is going to end each and every person's life that's listening to the sound of my voice and also that is lived in years gone past is death. Turn over to the book of Hebrews chapter number nine in verse number 27. The book of Hebrews chapter number nine in verse number 27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Every man, woman, boy, or girl has an appointment with death. And there's no canceling it, and there's no changing it. It's going to happen. That appointment, somewhere out in my life, I've got a head-on collision with death. And at that point, my life will cease to exist here on this earth. Now, my soul will go to be with the Lord, which will live for all of eternity. But that appointment is in each and every one of our lives. And there's no canceling it, and there's no changing it. But after death, look at what it says, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. At that point in time, 
All that's going to matter is whether or not you've been saved. You're going to be judged by God. If you'll notice in our beginning reading in the book of Genesis chapter number 5, you'll notice that not a whole lot is mentioned about those men. God said pretty much they were born, the length of their life, the fact they begat sons and daughters, and then they died. And that's all that's really known about them. And just like our lives today, we're going to live and we're going to do and we're going to achieve and we're going to we're going to offend and we're going to bless and we're going to do all the things that we do. But at the end, death is waiting to take our lives. And then we're going to have to stand before God. The book of James chapter 4 in verse number 13 through 15. The book of James chapter number 4 in verses 13 through 15. Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away forever. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Our lives are nothing more than a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. You say, well, what is a vapor? I don't know. One of the best illustrations that I could come up with, maybe for a universal understanding, is a candle. And you know, when a candle's sitting there burning, it's all bright and lit up. And then you blow it out. And that little bit of smoke that comes off when you blow it out, it just it's there and you see it, and then it's gone forever. That's That's a pretty good illustration, I believe, of a of a vapor, at least a universal illustration that most people could understand. And that's what our life is. It seems, it seems like it's so big and it seems like it's so great, and then it just disappears. And we need to realize that. That's why it's so important to be right with the Lord. That's why it's so important to have your sins forgiven. That's why it's so important to make sure that you're doing something that's going to benefit you for all of eternity, because your life is just a vapor, And then when it's over, death is waiting to take you out into eternity. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 12, in verses 1 through 7. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 12, in verses 1 through 7. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain, in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those that look out the windows be darkened, and the doors be shut in the street when the sound of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the birds, and the daughters of music shall be brought low. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the street. Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Here is a type of life and death here in the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, remember with the book of Ecclesiastes, you don't want to draw 
a lot of doctrinal statements out of the book of Ecclesiastes. That's one thing you'll find out about the Jehovah Witnesses. They love to use the book of Ecclesiastes to draw out doctrinal statements. And the book of Ecclesiastes is just basically based on a natural man's view of life. And when it comes down to the end, it all closes out with the words, really, vanity of vanities, all is vanity, say it the preacher. And so I know I'm paraphrasing that a little bit, but we don't want to really use the book of Ecclesiastes for doctrine, but we do want to use the book of Ecclesiastes here as we're dealing with the thought of death. Now, we'll just we'll just kind of go contextually through these verses and kind of look at a few things here. Maybe that'll help you to realize that life is coming to an end, and that's what it's describing here in the, in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter number 12. If you'll notice, he starts off in verse number one. He says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. It's very important to be right with God while you're young. It's very important to give your heart and life to Christ while you're young so that you can live a full life for Christ. And when death comes, it will be nothing more than a transitional point from this life into the next. Because what happens as the days grow on? Look at what the Bible says. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh. So there's some evil days coming. Yeah, it appears as if this individual here is growing older, and he's saying these days are going to be evil. What does he say in those days? When thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. So here we've got a picture or a type of a man, woman, boy, or girl growing into an older age. And you know what they're going to say? I have no pleasure in them. They're just, they've lived life, they've done things, but they just pretty much look at life and go, there's nothing pleasurable anymore. Like Ecclesiastes says, there's nothing new under the sun. But look at what he's going through in verse number two. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened. Well, that doesn't make any sense. A lot of people say that's, oh, that's the second coming and Jesus is coming back. No, it's not. It's just very simply, contextually speaking, a type of this physical body starting to deteriorate. The sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened. When you look at them and realizing this, whether you believe it or not, as we grow older, not only does our cognitive function seem to slow down, but also our vision is going to is going to fade. And all of a sudden, the sun don't look as bright. The stars don't look as bright. Look what he says, nor the clouds return after the rain. While you're young and you look, and I don't know if you've ever done this. Of course, most people have. It's been raining outside and it's kind of dark and gloomy. And then those storm clouds roll away and everything gets bright. Well, as an older person, as their vision grows older, and I'm not making fun of anybody, don't think that. I go to a nursing home every Sunday to try to help people who are older, but they would testify to the fact that the vision is not what it used to be. And what happens is when you're young and those clouds roll away, everything looks so bright and crisp and clear. But as you get older, the Bible says here, nor the clouds return after the rain. It still just looks kind of dark and dreary. Why? Because that vision is not what it used to be. Verse number three, in the days when the keeper of the house shall tremble. You know what happens when you get older? You get colder. Like I said, I go to a nursing home every Sunday. Do you know what they do? They sit up there in blankets and it's 85 degrees. You just can't seem to get the blood flow going. You're always walking around with a blanket on you. And the strong men shall bow themselves. As you deal with an older man, you know what he begins to do? He starts bowing down a little more. His, his physical body that was once strong and capable and he wasn't scared of anything, worked from can till can't, begins to realize that, hey, I can't do the things I used to do. 
They bow themselves, and the grinders cease because they are few. What are those grinders? Those are the teeth. Those teeth are not quite, you ain't, you ain't chewing on as much steak. You're looking for some jello. Why? Because your grinders are few. And those that look out the windows be darkened. That vision is fading. Everything looks a little darker. Verse number four, And the doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of the grinding is low. The sound of the grinding, that's the, the work day going on there. And you know what they're saying? Their ears are failing. They can't hear as well. The sound of the grinding is low. And he shall rise up at the voice of the birds. Oh, this is funny. This is funny. I always find this. And I guess I'm getting older because I'm starting to get up earlier. You know what happens? They start getting up earlier. They go to bed earlier, but they get up earlier. I talked to a man one time and he, um, boy, I'm just rambling. I hate to do this. I hope this is being a blessing to somebody. I talked to a man one time, and he was an older man, probably about 80 years old, and he told me, he said, I get up, at, he's, he's passed on into heaven now, but he told me, he said, I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, he said, and everything's done around the house, and the yard's all cleaned up, and he said, I just sit there and look out the window waiting for it to get light so I can go outside and walk around the yard. Do you know what? He's rising up at the voice of the birds, he's getting up early, and all the daughters of music be brought low. That's that hearing again failing. Verse number five. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high. Do you know what is one of the greatest fears as people get older? They're scared of falling. That's what he's talking about. They're afraid of that which is high. And fear shall be in the way. They're kind of scared. They're not as young as they used to be. They're not as capable as they used to be. They're more concerned about getting hurt. Why? Because not only does the pain, the pain seem to increase, but the healing time is extended tremendously as you go up into older age. And the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden. All those little small things are just a burden. And desire shall fail, referencing back to saying, I have no pleasure in them in verse number one. And why is that? Because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the street. Because death is coming. Death is imminent. There's no way of getting out of it. There's no canceling it. There's no changing it. There's no postponing it. It is coming. And at the end of this life, a head-on collision with death awaits each and every person in a person under the sound of my voice. The book of Revelations, chapter number 20 and verses 11 through 15. Revelation, chapter number 20 and verse number 11 through 15. Now, by way of context, I want you to understand, and I believe that I've covered this in past podcasts. I know we've done podcasts on the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is where believers will be judged. Here in Revelations chapter number 20, in verse number 11 through 15, this is the great white throne judgment where all lost people will be judged. So contextually, I don't want to get you out of the context of the Scripture, but I do want to read this in its context for the benefit that it will give to us today as we deal with the subject of death. Verse number 11, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. Remember in Hebrews chapter 9, it talks about the judgment. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. If you'll notice, it's talking about dead. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So as we deal with death, 
as we deal with death. Now, I understand contextually this is talking about an unbeliever here. And this is not where a believer is going to be. A believer will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. But as we deal with death, if you're under the sound of my voice, if you're listening to this podcast today, I want you to understand that after you die physically, if you're not saved, this is talking about the second death. That's how verse 14 closes. This is the second death. And that's that spiritual death where you're separated from all of for all of eternity from the presence of God. Now, they've, it's often been said that you're, if you're born twice, you die once. If you're born once, you die twice. Remember in John 3, Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. That's that second birth. So if you're born twice, if you're born naturally, and then you're born spiritually, you'll only die once. But if you're born once, if you've only been born naturally, then you're going to die naturally and you're going to die spiritually. You'll die twice. So as we kind of come to a close today, I want you to understand that no matter how much money you've made, no matter how many friends you've got, no matter how much power and prestige you have, no matter how nice your car is, your home is, your family is, that death is coming and you're going to have a head-on collision with it somewhere as this life comes to a close. And the only thing that's going to matter is whether or not you're right with God.